Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message. And James, he continues, human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. Let's say it this way. Your anger might give you the things you want, but it won't give you the life God wants for you. That's what this text is talking about. Anger does not produce. What is the outcome that you want in yourself, in your kids? It doesn't produce the righteousness that God desires. It might get you what you want or what you even feel like you deserve, but it won't get you the life that God wants for you. Welcome to Hope for the Day with Pastor Philip Holland. Have you ever had something taken from you? Most of us have. Maybe someone decided to take our purse, a wallet, a phone, or something else of ours that did not belong to them. When this occurs, we generally want to get back what we lost as soon as possible. But what if the circumstances of life take something from us? When we go through an illness, a furlough, a divorce, a bankruptcy, it seems we often lose something in the process. But we don't always try to get back what was taken from us. Instead, our faith gives way to fear, hope gives way to despair, kindness gives way to anger, and assurance gives way to anxiety. When this happens, we need to declare the promises of God to regain what has been given to us through a faith in Jesus. In this sermon series, we will explore some of the good things that life's challenges can take from us, including our faith, our hope, our kindness, our assurances, but more importantly, how we can take those things back. Please enjoy the message. We have people that are mad that we would even have a worship service. And then you've got all sorts of everything in between. Inevitably, people are just upset, even about church. Racial protests, people are upset about those. We should have more of them. We should have less of them. Defunding the police, that's something that's making people upset. And then you read the paper today, if you get a chance, and murder rates are up here in the city. It hasn't had, at rates of almost, it's been a 40-year high. I mean, that's super concerning. Maybe that's making you upset. There's a lot right now that is making people incredibly angry. And what's interesting is that something that is even more contagious than the COVID virus is also our emotions. And when we become angry about things like this, or even other things, it spreads. There's a study that was done by a man named Dr. Daniel Goldman, and this is what he concluded, and this he lays out the way the study actually transpired, and then we ultimately get to his conclusions. He says emotions are actually more contagious than the flu. This dynamic is so powerful that in one study, three volunteers sat silently in a circle for two minutes. And at the end of the time, the most emotionally expressive person transmitted his or her mood to the other two without even saying a word. And so you want to know why it is that you can't just have one kid mad at the other kid? It's never just one because those emotions, they transfer and they all start amping each other up. In every such experiment, in every such session, the mood the most expressive person had going in was also the mood the other two had coming out. In other words, contagious is something that we are all very familiar with, and our anger is more contagious than we could ever imagine. And if we aren't careful, we can start spreading that in our families, in our churches, in our workplaces, in our communities, You read an article that you don't like, just read the comment section. And that that anger, it just grows and grows and grows as you read down it. And then conversely, if you see some positivity there, often that gets reproduced as well. All of this stuff is spreading amongst us. 
And it's time to put a stop and to move from anger to loving kindness. And the Bible tells us this again and again and again, that anger is something that ought to be avoided. Specifically, the passage that we're going to look at today in James 1, it says this, be slow to become angry. And then in Ephesians, the Bible says, in your anger, do not sin. Now, what these verses do is they, they sort of offer us a little bit of a loophole. And, and here's the thing about loopholes or things that qualify other things. They should rarely be used. But we have this tendency to use them a lot, especially when it relates to this particular emotion. We like to justify our anger as righteous anger. And there is absolutely examples of that, a few in the Bible, just a few. And obviously one of those characteristics that we're going to touch on here in a minute, Jesus exemplifies for us whenever he turned over tables in the temple, is that he, his focus was on God and his will, not on himself and his will. And, and that's really where righteous anger, one of the characteristics of righteous anger that we always have to be aware of is, is that we can't justify our anger when it's all about us. Because righteous anger is really supposed to be about God. Another characteristic of righteous anger is that it's always self-controlled, not vengeful. We're not trying to get even with people. We're not trying to retaliate. That, that type of anger is not righteous. That's sinful. And so the Bible says that there is this, this portion, this little slither of anger that can absolutely be justified. But by and large, the Bible tells us we need to avoid it. The Bible tells us that we need to land over here really with avoiding anger. That if you're going to err, err on the side of avoiding anger because more often than not, your anger isn't going to be righteous, it's going to be sinful. And that's what we're going to talk about as we get into James 1. Now, you may not know this, but James, in the New Testament, this letter, it was written by Jesus' half-brother. Some of you have your sibling in here with you right now. If your sibling, older sibling, said, I am God, what would you do? You would think that he was crazy. You would think that she was crazy. And that's exactly what Jesus' siblings thought he was. They thought he was absolutely nuts until he rose from the grave and then he appeared to the disciples, he appeared to a few hundred other people, and then he appeared to James and he said, told you, bro, told you, bro. And then James said, touche. No, I don't know what he said. We don't know exactly what he said. What we do know is that he came to believe in Jesus, his brother, that he truly was the son of God. And he wrote these words to us, this little section of scripture about anger in his letter. And as we read through this, I'm going to give you a few questions for you to ask. Now, it may be difficult, but maybe in the moment, this tense moment, you could ask one of these questions, but certainly in the lead up to a very difficult conversation, a tense conversation, you should absolutely ask these questions. And this is where he starts in verse 19. My dear brothers and sisters, let's just stop there. The context is going to be anger, but what's he drawing them back to? A relationship. He's drawing them back to the spiritual connection that they have because of a faith in Jesus. And this church was full of people who were rich and poor. And, and as it would relate in this particular book, the poor are angry because the rich are getting favoritism. And what James is drawing them back to is a relationship that they have with one another. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. Our mission is to offer you hope through Christ-centered biblical preaching. We certainly hope that this broadcast is doing just that for you today. You might not know this, but each of these sermons are recorded live at Valley View Christian Church in the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in the city, we'd love to meet you in person. We offer Sunday services at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. 
We have programming for children of all ages, dynamic worship, plenty of opportunities to get connected beyond Sundays, outreach initiatives, and much, much more. Do you want to know why we do all that we do? Because so much of our church leadership has had their life changed at a local church. Because it's here that we met Jesus and he changed our lives. And we want Jesus to change your life as well. So attend a service at Valley View Christian Church. We would love to meet you personally. We're located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85 Santa Fe. You can go to our church's website, valleyviewcc.com, for more information. And again, those Sunday service times are at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. Now let's get back to our program. The first question that you have to ask when, it go, when you go into a situation in which you are angry and you're gonna have some sort of a confrontation is what relationship is at stake? You should be kind to everyone. That's just the way it should be. You should always be kind to people. But you also need to recognize that with some relationships, there's more at stake than in others. A stranger, you should be kind to them. But if you get caught up and you lose your temper at some point in time, you should know that the relate, there's probably not as much at stake as there is if you do that in your home. And that's really the big point, is that often when it comes to us losing our temper, the people that become the brunt of our anger are our spouses, our children, our parents, and we forget what relationship is at stake. And so James is drawing us back to that. When my, when my children, they'll at times get, start poking at one another. They'll at times be giving one another a hard time. It always escalates because, again, it's contagious. It escalates and escalates. And then often I'll, I'll step into that situation and I'll say, this is your brother. This is your sister. What are you, why are you treating each other like this? And then there'll be some sort of an explanation. And, I, and, and some of it may even be legitimate. But here's what I end up saying. I'll say something along these lines. The, relationships matter, the relationship matters more than you getting what you want or you getting what you think you deserve. And oh, if we could just remember that. That maybe, maybe we just need to set aside what it is that our desire is. Maybe we need to set aside what it is that we feel like we deserve and just say, you know what, the relationship in this scenario is way more important than that happening. Let, let me just tell you, if you're ever in an argument... Let's just say, with, we got some mommies and daddies, some husbands and wives in here. So if you're ever in an argument with your spouse, I, let me, if you just ask this one question and make this statement, I'm telling you, it's going to change everything. And I'm going to give it this different than what I just asked here. If you're arguing with each other, you're going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. You just look at him and you look at her. One of you just say this, it'll stop the argument in its tracks. And this is all you got to say. So you can say, do you know why I'm mad? And those, like, who knows what they'll say. And you just say, because I'm not getting what I want. That's it. And they'll just say, yeah, yeah, you know what? You're right. You're, you're exactly right about that. You just, you just ask that question. You know why I'm mad? Because I'm not getting what I want. I'm not getting what it is that I deserve. Maybe, maybe if we just asked ourselves that first question, what is really at stake here? We would recognize that whatever's gonna come out of that harsh word, that uncontrolled action, isn't worth it. And Ephesians tells us this, get rid of all, get rid of, and we're going to come back to that word here in a moment, in James, of all bitterness, passion, and anger. No more shouting or insults. No more hateful feelings 
of any sort. And I love how he highlights feelings because that's because often that's how we justify our anger. I'm not angry. I'm just frustrated. I'm tired. Just ah, got this thing inside of me that just oh, I can't get it. I can't resolve it. But I'm not angry. I'm not angry. I'm not angry. And he says, you got to get rid of not just the actions, but even those feelings and those emotions. James goes on, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. What he's giving us here is something that might almost feel like, seem like a bit of a suggestion to us. But it's not. It's a command. But you know whenever you view things in the Bible like a suggestion is when you often lean into justifying those types of behaviors. Here's how how it goes. Here, guys, here's how it goes. You must be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Unless. That's how you you know you think it's a... That's how you know you think it's a suggestion. Unless the person you're talking to is not making a reasonable argument. I mean, you got to be slow to anger unless they just aren't making any sense at all. Unless the person you're talking to is especially annoying. Unless, you gotta be slow to become angry unless the person you're talking to is on the other side of the political aisle. You gotta be slow to anger unless the person you're, you are talking to you've been quarantined with for the past nine months. You gotta be slow to anger unless the video game cheats because you said you hit the button for shoot and it didn't shoot and you just threw that thing at the TV, just spider cracks all over the screen. It cheated you, didn't it? Unless the homework assignment that you are completing is too difficult. Like, you can become angry. You can't become angry unless it's too hard. Unless your father or your mother had a bad temper. Yeah, maybe you said, I'm never going to act the way they act. I'm never going to talk the way they've talked. I'm not going to treat my kids the way they treated me and And yet now you're using that as sort of a justifier for how it is that you act. I I just, I mean, this may be an issue if you would answer this question, do I justify my anger with with a yes? When it comes to the Bible, please do not lean into righteous anger always being your justifier. Because avoiding anger is not a suggestion. It's a command. It's something that we are meant to avoid at nearly all costs. And James, he continues, human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. Let's say it this way. Your anger might give you the things you want, but it won't give you the life God wants for you. That's what this text is talking about. Anger does not produce. What is the outcome that you want in yourself, in your kids It doesn't produce the righteousness that God desires. It might get you what you want or what you even feel like you deserve, but it won't get you the life that God wants for you. Here's the third question you've got to ask yourself. Do you want to be right or do you want to be righteous? Because often when we're focused on being right, righteousness goes out the window. Now here's how it works out. You, I'm generalizing a bit here, so hang with me. You, you tell your husband, it's okay to work late. 
And then you tell them again, it's okay to work late. And then another night, you tell them it's okay. It's all right, you can work late. Yeah, you can go on that trip. I know it's optional, but it'd be good for your career. You should go on that trip. And then he gets back from the trip and you're saying, and then you've had a hard day. You've been, you've been navigating childcare. You've been raising the kids up. It's been, the kids haven't been obeying you. You're at your wits end. And he walks in and he's smiling. He's happy. You've been eating peanut butter and jellies and he, he's been eating filet mignons because he's been on, he's, he's got the company expense account and he's living it up and he's walking and happy and you're like I'm gonna kill you where have you been you are never here are you right yes you're, you're right he's probably been gone too long but are you righteous no no that's when anger crosses the line Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. I hope that this message has been an encouragement to you. I know that it has been to others. You see, it is through the generous contributions of people like you that this ministry can thrive and get God's truth out into the world. I recently received a card from someone who said, Thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. They are encouraging and refreshing as we get the opportunity to hear biblically-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. And that is just one of several notes that we have received of those who appreciate the teaching here at Hope for the Day. If you'd like to become a partner of ours, just go to Valley View Christian Church's website at valleyviewcc.com. It's there that you can click on the Give tab, and then you can designate your gift to go to the Hope for the Day ministry. And we would love it if you would partner with us in this way, and I know many others would as well. If you are in the Denver metropolitan area, we wouldn't want you to just be a supporter of ours. We want you to attend one of our services in person to be a part of the experience that we have here at Valley View Christian Church. We offer three service times on Sunday at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And it's at each one of these services that we record the messages that you hear here on Hope for the Day. Now let's get back to today's broadcast. Or you look at her. I'm generalizing, I'm generalizing. Just hang, don't, 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 you know, don't get upset. You look at her and you say, yeah, you can, you can buy those shoes. You can buy that nice top. Sure, go get the kids those fancy backpacks. Yeah, yeah, you can, we can add a couple more days to that vacation. Sure. And then the bills start coming in and you look at the bank account and you're wondering where's all the money going? And you go to her and you say, what is happening? Why are you spending all of our money? Are you right? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Generalizing. But are you righteous? No. That's what we're getting at here. And so it's these subtle forms of anger beyond just those volatile outbursts that often get us because that's what we think. Well, I don't scream at people, so I can't be that angry. But you're pretty sarcastic. And you say to him, well, I'm going to go drink. I need to go drink another glass of wine. And he says, yeah, if there's any left. <laughs> ah. and, and he looks at you and says, uh, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go hang out with the guys tonight. Well, sure you are. You do that every night. That's that sarcasm. Or it's that passive aggressiveness, sort of like what I, just exempt, what I was just sharing with you. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. What's wrong with you? Victimization, everyone's against me, no one's for me. 
No one's here to help me and you're just angry about it. It's inside of you. I mean, you can keep it controlled. You can hold it together. But you, you, it's just seething inside of you. Withdrawal. And you can stonewall with the best of them. And maybe it's someone you work with. They bug you, then you just ignore them for like six months. Or you just, if he says something that you don't like, you might, he might as well just not even exist for the next two or three days. I, I'm t- it's not an outburst, but I'll tell you what, it might even be more dangerous than an outburst when we act like this. Do you want to be right? Or do you want to be righteous? And avoiding that type of anger is what will produce the life, the marriage, the relationship with your children, the relationship in your workplaces, the relationship in your communities, the relationship even with strangers that you really want that God wants for you. And James, again, he goes on, therefore get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. This idea of get rid of, it's, it's this idea of repentance, it's something that's essentially filth, it's garbage, and then you just, you just throw it out. I, I've got this shirt that, um, it's this gray shirt. I've probably had this shirt, I mean, I've easily had this shirt 12 or 13 years. And it is the softest shirt, mainly because there's hardly any of it left. But it's the softest shirt like I've ever touched in my life. It has all these holes in it. And my kids make fun of me. They're saying, Daddy, why do you have this shirt? It's, it's awful. It's ugly. And, I'm, and I tell them, it's just so comfortable, though. They just said, Dad, this is trash. It's trash. You need to get rid of this shirt. But it's just too comfortable. I don't want to get rid of it. And some of our behaviors are like that. Our behaviors can be like that, that we... We're just too comfortable with them. We're too comfortable with sarcasm. We're too comfortable with withdrawal. We're too comfortable with passive aggressiveness. We're too comfortable with victimization. We don't know how to function if we're not a victim. And, and what he's telling us here is, is these behaviors are filth. They're trash. You need to be humble and get rid of them. What angry behavior do I need to get rid of? You know where that humility pops in? All that you have to do is reflect back and think to yourself, okay, what is something that I have heard from people multiple times? Because if you've heard it from somebody two or three, four times, then probably, probably that's something that you need to get rid of. And maybe you've heard a phrase or you've even said a phrase like, you always have to be mad at someone. Like that, that, that's something you got to get rid of. You get defensive when you don't know the answer. That's me right there. And that's, uh, my wife has told me that so many times. You won't talk to me if I did something wrong or you think I even did something wrong. That's that stonewalling, withdrawing. You make hurtful statements when you are upset. You may not even be upset at the person, which often is how it works. It's transference. You are angry every morning, in the morning. Just know that like, this, if this is a behavior of yours, it's got to be addressed, and you can go on and on and on and on. And so what do we do with this? Well, the amazing thing is, is that God hasn't left us on our own. Everyone who's called on the name of Jesus has been indwelt with his Holy Spirit to not be controlled by these emotions. In fact, you've been regenerated 
The Bible tells us the old is gone and the new is come. And you get to live not by your flesh, but by his spirit. The same spirit that was guiding Jesus. The same, we can follow in the footsteps of Jesus in the same manner that he did this. When they hurled insults at him, when he was completely justified in retaliation, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He said, I don't know what, I don't know, you know, I don't know why they're all doing this other than simply just blanket, blanket statement say it's sin. But I'm gonna entrust myself to God. That's called faith. And so the question that I've got for you as we wrap up, and maybe it's a question that I would even encourage you to ask someone that you trust, maybe the person you're sitting right next to today. Look at, that, look at those notes and say, what question do I need to focus on? Is it getting rid of a behavior? Is it a focus on being right or righteous? You know, what is it? Is it one of those other questions that, we've, that we wrote down? What do you need to focus on that God is convicting you of? Let's have a word of prayer. And then we've got a really special moment that we get to celebrate just now. Gracious Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for Jesus and your spirit. Father, we need your spirit more than ever if we are going to move from being angry to truly being kind, especially kind to those who are in our homes. And Father, we entrust ourselves to you. We give ourselves to you as Jesus did and help us to be more of the people you've called us to be in Jesus' name. Well, unfortunately, we have to bring today's message to a close. But my hope is that the word that was spoken was an encouragement to you. That's always our hope here at Hope for the Day. Did you know that these messages are recorded at Valley View Christian Church every Sunday? And if you're here in the Denver metropolitan area, we'd love to have you attend one of our Sunday services at Valley View Christian Church. We have Sunday service times at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And we'd love to have you come and attend one of those services and be with us. And I, Pastor Philip Holland, would love to meet you in person. And also remember that the Hope for the Day broadcast is available on your favorite podcast provider. So we look forward to having you again with us on Hope for the Day.